This is AM Reviews. I'm Adrian. I'm Muhammad. This is a podcast where we talk about movies, TV shows, and all things superheroes. And whatever else interests us. Be sure to like AM Reviews on Facebook and check out our YouTube channel at AM Reviews. And follow us on Instagram at Moe's underscore TV16. And at just underscore Adrian underscore underscore. Which will be linked in our podcast. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody, to AM Reviews. It's Muhammad and Adrian. We're here to review the film Tenet. It's a film by director Christopher Nolan. Um, he's had many popular works, just like uh, The Dark Knight, or really the Dark Knight trilogy, um, Inception, one of my favorites, and uh, a lot of other ones. Um, but Tenet tells the story of this secret agent who gets pulled into this new, kind of like new agency where he's first discovered and he gets put on this mission that he pretty much <laughs> is. It's really hard to explain this, but um, he gets put on this mission that is only built for him at the moment. And he's thrust into it where there's a lot of time bending involved. And if he doesn't pass this mission, then it's basically the end of the world. But what did you get from Tenet? Yeah, so... So it's a it's a really interesting story. Um, it's one of those where you kind of start watching really in the middle of a journey um, rather than the beginning. And um, you, along with the main character, um, are on for this ride. The protagonist, as they refer to him, um, John David uh, Washington's character. He is the main lead for this. He's the main operative. Essentially, a super good soldier reminds me of like um, you know the. the the Captain America before he was Captain America, right? He's willing to do anything for his country, for his mission. And he does that. And as a reward, or so he thinks, um, he is given this new task. And as he's finding out more and more about this mission, people don't really know what the mission is. It's so top secret that they only know parts of the mission. And he's trying to put together this puzzle um, to get through it all. Along the way, he meets a man named Neil, um, who is someone who's just going to help him, he thought, just to get into um, one of the armed, uh, one of the uh, gun lords or armed dealers' um, houses. And Neil becomes a, a friend and, and definitely a partner throughout the whole journey. Neil is paid by Robert Patterson in this. I would imagine this is um, something that people might look for in his Batman role, kind of how he was behaving in this film. He's had some other edgier films. Um, than this, but we've we've like Michael Caine is in this, um, who I will think will for every master master Wayne. I love the way he said that in um, Dark Knight, but when he no. was um, Alfred, he's my Alfred, Michael Caine. Um, so glad to see that he was back in a Christopher Nolan um, film as well. He's always but in a Christopher Nolan film, right? <laughs> And really, it's very and, – and the summary we're giving is pretty vague because it's a really complex storyline um, and harshly digests until you watch it again. I watched it twice. I think you watched it twice. Um, yes. To, because it's – and watching it twice, it kind of feels like you're, I've, to me, a part of the film because of the whole premise of it and knowing what happens in 
the future. I will say before we start going into too much of the story, I will say it's not one of those like um, kill baby Hitler situations, you know, going back in time and seeing what will change. They do the my favorite line before we begin breaking it down was from one of the scientists. And her line was, um, don't try to understand it. <laughs> and I that's feel exactly. like that's that's exactly what the director and the writers don't try to understand this. Um, just just feel it. it. <laughs> just feel it. Those were just, her words. Yeah. Um, and she literally just shows up for that one scene and just never shows up again. Exposition. That's what we need. Oh, this is exposition heavy. That's it's most of this movie. You need that. You could argue the entire movie exposition to a movie we don't see. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I want to, I want the other half of the story. <laughs> That's what I want. Okay, all right. Well, before we get into a lot of the details, I'm just going to give you just my thoughts on it. So, I did watch this movie twice, and you know, I did enjoy it the first time. Um, I, it was very confusing. Um, you on my second viewing, it's almost like I found this movie to be a chore. Um, I liked it even less the second time around. Um, I, I did start to understand more stuff, but when it came down to it, uh, the concept wasn't as interesting. Uh, it really wasn't as interesting as the director wants you to wants it to be, um, because mm-hmm. I wanted this to be like an Inception. And it does have similar elements and even some of the same type of people when it comes down to the casting. Like with Michael Caine, he shows up again um, right. doing his thing. Uh, being British. <laughs> yeah, being British and snobby because um, he definitely is in, in his tiny part. Uh, you, you got the villain who is like a, a foreign guy with an accent that you can kind of understand at times, but don't. Oh, and just like in really Inception, they have the I Asian to guy. Subtitles the second time. <laughs> <laughs> and they have the Asian guy with the same heavy accent in, in Inception. Um, yeah. You got uh, the, uh, what is it, Indian Hit- woman in this movie, but the Indian guy in Inception. It's like he just yeah, Patel lines everything up. In Inception. Almost the same role he's playing, driving a vehicle. And that's it. Yeah, yeah <laughs> definitely. He, it's like he's just putting out a formula here. But um, it does have, have a lot of similarities to Inception, but I think Inception just has a way better concept that I enjoyed better. But for this, the well, it didn't I justify think, the means. I think in watching it, I, you know, I had thought about Inception. Most There are some things that remind me of it, but I think they are very different movies. I think they, the only thing they have have in common is a sci-fi element that could be reality, but we never know, um, and a very suave lead um, role. But other than that, I don't, I don't think, to, for I don't think they're the same at all. Like I, I don't think this is definitely not better than Inception, um, but That's I don't not. think they're worth comparing. Um. Well, I, I think it it compares in the minor details. I mean, just from the casting and a little bit of the concept, but they're totally yeah. different realms of movies. Yeah. They, they're not even really 
the same at all. The thing that is really the same is just the concept of time and how it moves and flows and all of that. Yes. But nothing dealing with dreams or um, a dream within a dream. But Tenet, uh, I mean, it's an interesting one. I, I definitely like the cinematic feel of it. Um, I wish I could have seen it in a movie theater, but um, it's very cinematic. There's a lot of um, action scenes that are just I mean, amazingly uh, shot. But I feel a disconnect with the movie because I didn't care about the characters. But I mean, we'll get into all of that. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I'm just looking at the title of the of the um, movie Tenet. I'm realizing it's a palindrome. So if you look at Tenet from forwards or backwards, it's the same word. Very, very intentional, I think. Um, and even the cover of the film I'm looking at, he has he's walking forward and behind him. He's walking in the opposite direction with the mask on. So let's so let's let's get into let's break it down. So essentially, um, we discover that there are remnants of things that have been inverted, showing up in present day. So that means there's a normal item to us, but to the rest of the world, it is moving backwards in time. Its entropy has been inverted, and I don't know anything about chemistry, but Tori does, and she explained that entropy is a transfer. I'm going to mess this up. Um, it's a transfer of, of energy to heat, I believe, and it was inverted on every item, and they're like, these things are showing up. We don't know what's happening, but we believe it could be a war. It could be an attack. Um, who knows what else they can invert, and we find out they've been inverting um, essentially the, the main antagonist um, in this, um, Andre, uh, he is uh, an arms dealer who um, mined plutonium in this clo- closed city in, in Soviet Union when it fell. Um, not going to go into details of that because I don't remember, but those did, that did happen. And um, essentially he collected plutonium and he got to sell to folks and that's how he became rich um, and became this evil arms dealer. But in the future, they find that in order to essentially they want to potentially transport a atomic bomb to the past, inverted, so it can explode and end the human race. Um, essentially, it's our fault. The humans have wasted Earth. It is dying, and our children's children's children no longer want to exist, um, so they want to blow up the world. And instead of doing it in real time, they think they can do it in the past um, so they can't be stopped. And they pick Andre to go through with this because he was uh, the world's lowest point or weakest point when the Soviet Union had fell. Um, He was in the middle of that, being in that city where there was an explosion of plutonium, so he was picked. Um, He also sends himself back gold, I guess, in the future, or that's what they pay him, it's not really clear. Um, But he finds that... um, in this weird method of a reverse time capsule. So you have a time capsule, you plan it for the future, right? But in an inverted world, um, you would plant it, plant it in the past so you could pick it up in the future, except the person in the past is picking it up because it's a gold bar. If you're following any of that, you understand why everything in this movie about to the halfway point becomes very confusing. And this is why there's a almost two and a half hour runtime um, because they have to explain all this and then work with it. Um, so that's kind of the, the backstory for it all. Um, and then they get into the actual plot of stopping Andre in his tracks, 
um, by using inverted material or people um, through Tenet, which is the group in the future that's trying to stop this event. Yeah, but let's <laughs> that you, that is that, was, that, that is over the people and what happened. That is purely this movie's logic. <laughs> yeah, you went straight to the end, but before we even I, don't, meet I can't Andre, explain the middle. <laughs> before we even meet Andre, I mean, we hear about him, and right. there's steps to getting to him, and I felt like it was just too complicated. Okay, first off, we get John David Washington, and his character's name is the protagonist, and I think we hear that maybe twice during the movie, and that's probably at the end of the movie. Um, He calls Mm -hmm. himself that. And, you know, he goes on this mission to uh, get something that he doesn't even really know about, which is called the algorithm, which is the machine that's used to invert time. But he doesn't really know that much about it. Um, So he gets that from this big opera house that's already being invaded by some other people, and he gets caught, and his team is dismantled um, all of them are killed, and then he wants to just end it all so he doesn't give any information up. But um, we learned that that was just a test so he can enter into Tenet, which is this group that's trying to stop this uh, potential World War Three. And then that's where he learns how all this inverted stuff happens or how it works through that lady who says, um, you know, it's best not to think about it, just feel it. And then uh, she disappears. That's where he I mean, we don't even really get the montage of learning and failing. He's like, OK, I got it. <laughs> Talk about, <laughs> then, you know, and even someone in the movie comments. So that's cowboy stuff just going on and doing this on a whim and figuring out how to invert yourself, all this kind of stuff. He did it flawlessly on his first try um, <laughs> with the help of Neil, who will explain it in a second. Yeah. But before we even meet Neil, um, I thought the transition between him talking with this scientist, learning how inverted stuff works and going to the arms dealer, like, how did he even know to get there? So he he explained it. It's really like just happenstance. Like she can't be the only one. But apparently he said, so there's a gun that she's teaching him what inversion is with this gun. And essentially shoot the gun, but it's shooting backwards. So it's coming back at you because it's inverted. And he goes, um, what's the material of the gun? She she said, it's it's normal. It's modern day. It's inverted. He said, well, tell me what material what materials are found on it or what remnants are around it because it may let me know where the gun was made. And they look up the gun, the powder, I guess, on it or like something, and they find that it is a specific type of um, uh, remnants, whatever, of a weapon that only Priya sells. Only the person who sells this um, type of gun or material and that's how he finds his way to her. But that's a very like like of all the, the one, just one person in all the world. And you and know how to get to her. Is, you know exactly who she is. Yeah, but the connection is like to make that connection is they. I mean, they just brush over it. It's not like okay, we yeah, need to usually, go to this person. Right. Usually, this is where they have a ludicrous come in. And be a smart genius and do some background research on the computer over the phone. And he types in some codes and then figures out this guy knew on top of his head. 
She's like, yeah, I know. I know. I know a guy. <laughs> but then he was wrong because he thought it was the guy and it was Priya, his wife. So he didn't even know that, but he knew it was the place. So it was, that was very, you're right. Loose connection, happenstance. Uh, but then the movie tries to cut itself and give itself some slack by saying what's happened happened. And no matter what, everything's going to be the way it's supposed to be because it's already happened, which is crazy. Yeah. Yes. And I'm kind of forgetting a little bit right here, but uh, Michael Caine, he shows up now. I'm trying to remember, did he show up before Priya or after? Michael was after Priya because this okay. is whenever Priya said to get to Sater, you need to get to his wife. No, yes, I think. And then yes, he was like, all yes, right, how do right. I get to his wife? Well, you need to talk to this guy because he knows his wife. <laughs> this is why I was over it the second time around because it was like, you have to do this to get to this person, to get to this person, but before you get to that person, you have to do this and talk to that person. Like, Right. Why, why does this have to be so complex? Like, why do you have to talk to so many people? It's like in the beginning of the movie, I was just trying to figure out, OK, who's important? Who should I know is like pushing the story forward? But right. I'm, I'm just like, I, I just got really frustrated. Um, I mean, the first 30 minutes of this movie are like a, a preview of the movie. It's like you need all this information to be interested in the rest of this. But it is not the main part of this movie. Because at that point in the film, usually you're right. You're getting to the main characters. You're getting to the main storyline. But we weren't there yet. They wanted to set up a lot of background stuff and do this runaround to get to Slater. Um, and then I feel like about the, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes in, it's another movie. Like this is the part two of the movie where we're actually getting into the storyline of Tenet. Yeah, um, it, it took a lot to get to Andre um, because you have to get to the wife first right. um, about this stupid picture. I think she sold him a fake one and there, it, there's just a lot of confusion there, but it has something to do with a picture so he could get closer to the wife so the wife could introduce him to Andre. Um, right. And also Andre is abusing his wife. Um he doesn't really care about her that much. And they're pretty much kind of going to go separate ways at some point. But um, the part with Michael Caine, I'm going to rewind a little bit. Now, mm -hmm. this man just straight up just insults him, insults uh, John <laughs> <David> Washington. Like, <laughs> he insults said, Look at Brooks him. Brothers. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was a good store. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, uh, yeah, that's you call yourself a, uh, what is it, a fancy man or something like that, and you're wearing Brooks. And then he started eating without him before yeah. he even got there. He's like, I hope you didn't, you didn't mind. <laughs> so yeah, snobbish. It was, it was snobbish. And I also feel like, I mean, and he's, they joked about it. Obviously, it was on purpose. And I feel like it could have been the fact that we have this black male lead who's not Denzel Washington or Will Smith. He does not have a perfect fade. Um, and this beard. he is, it, it bothered me a lot, but you know what? I'm going to let him do him. And you know what? I haven't had a haircut in a while. You know, it's COVID. I'm not seeing nobody in person. It's fine. Um, you cut your own hair, though. I'm, listen, I don't feel like it because we're not seeing people all the time anyway. I'm putting in effort for no reason, right? Getting this lineup right by yourself is not a simple task. 
Um, but I feel like because we didn't have the stereotypical, well, even the direct Will Smith or Denzel Washington or the stereotypical clean James Bond white guy, um, in some ways, that was their way of, you know, saying you stick out. You don't look like us. You know, you need to be better than this. Um, he said, all right, I'm going to get a better suit. Now, I'm going to say his second suit, I don't think looked much better. Um, but they made a comment. When he finally met the wife, she was like, um, you have the suit, you have the watch, but you obviously don't know my husband. And it's like, why is picking this man's clothes? Honest, I don't think that suits any better. Um, but it was a big plot point. Um, but I, and I think in wait, this wait, wait. Also, before you move before you move past the Michael Caine part, whenever yeah. he was leaving the restaurant, he did order some food, and he's like, "Can you box that up for me?" And he's like, "No, I'm not boxing that." Right. Like, this is a fancy establishment, sir. For he wasn't happy to see him first off. Um, <laughs> then he was like, "Let me get the waiter for your food," and he's like, "Nah, you can just pass it to the waiter. It's be that'll be fine." He's like, "Ugh, whatever." Brings back the food, and then he's like, "Actually, I'm leaving. You put it in a box." And he's like. But, and I feel like that was a funny little quip, you know, that was in, didn't have to be in there, but it was pretty funny. Um, that's the only funny part in this. Well, I won't say that's the only funny part. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, Michael Caine's whole scene I thought was pretty funny. Um, yeah. Well, but I would say with, with uh, Neil, so uh, Robert Pattinson's character, he did provide some of that comedy yeah. or comedy relief. Yeah, I think so. He. Because he had this self-awareness um, that we'll talk about. But the last point on this, I'll say, is the whole time watching this, I was thinking, to, and I don't want to put down John David Washington at all. I'm not familiar with much of his work. And I hope he's I'm agree with in, I hope he um, continues in film. I want to, I need, I, I would like, I like more black leads. I think it's, we are at the point in history where People have been begging for the longest. Stop boxing people of color in certain or labeling certain movies, right? But no one's going to label this movie a black movie, right? It is a movie with a black and a black cast and or in a in a diverse cast, and that should be the standard. I don't think it needs to be celebrated. I don't think you know to a certain extent. You know, not no parade by any means. But we need to normalize having black leads that are not just Denzel and Will Smith. Um, and that just be a good movie to watch. So I'm glad that for me, that was this movie. At the same time, I could not help but to wonder, what if this was Chadwick Boseman? I would like the movie 10 times more. I feel like oh. there were some parts in this where John David didn't really bring it i feel like he got real smooth towards the end he was more aware he had more knowledge but it wasn't the same switch that i think another actor could have brought to it um and i think chadwick's performance in 21 bridges you put that in this movie and i think it's a better movie i agree um i think he was in blacks black klansman that's a movie that i want to watch but oh, yeah, um that's right but I, I thought that he was kind of boring. I mean, it might be the direction of the director, because a lot yeah. of people in this movie are kind of like looking off into the distance, just like all sad and gloomy and yeah. just talking lowly. But um, I would have to see him in another movie. I haven't really seen much of his work, but um, I would agree. Yes, Chadwick Boseman, um, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, even Lakeith Stanfield. I, I mean, I like him as an actor. 
they could have done, I think, a little better than this. Hold <laughs> on. Hold on. We did not do enough research. Guess who John David Washington's father is? Well, Denzel Washington. I knew that. Denzel Washington. I knew that. He's not Denzel Washington. He'll get there. I didn't know that. But oh. hold, I, he didn't feel as suave. You know, I feel like Denzel did it better, honestly, even with his age. I mean, even the equalizer, he's pretty up there, but he's still, you know, knocking people crazy. So, uh, he'll get better. He'll get better, I hope. But I, but I wish it was Chad. Well, maybe Morgan Freeman, you know, he didn't get his breakout role until I think his late 30s. Um, and now he's the voice of God. So, with time, maybe maybe he'll he'll get that Denzel suave you know but for me this the switch didn't happen in this movie no um i would have to watch another movie of his i think the direction of this movie kind of played into that character because really we we don't really know that much about him or much about most of the characters um so I, i would have to judge him on some other work before i say you know he's not that good but um to me, I felt like Robert Pattinson, he was great in this. I mean, I, I thought he was an, an enjoyable character. Oh, yeah. He was he was giving me a little bit of a Leonardo DiCaprio. Little, you know, little smart quips here and there. Um, I, I enjoyed his character as well. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, everybody else is acting <laughs> the same. <laughs> Everyone, I, you know, I love... Oh, Michael Caine. Um, his snobbish Michael, of course, Michael Caine did awesome. Um, Andre's wife is uh, played by Elizabeth um, Debicki and Cat. And I was not a fan of Cat. Cat was very stiff. And <laughs> I get, I mean, she was playing a depressed, mentally abused wife, but it just felt very stiff to me. I just think I just think it was the direction of uh, what's his name uh, Christopher Nolan. It, I mean, it, it had makes, to be him. He might be right. Yeah, because it was a common thread. There were a lot of characters who were just very stiff. I like Priya. I think um, it's named Dimple. Um, she did a pretty. She was in a few parts, but she gave me the. Um, I, you remember in the Matrix. Um, the the woman who can who sees the future, I forget oh, her name. Yeah. But she she kind of played that role for me. Like she obviously okay. knew more than she was letting on in the beginning. Um, very wise, majestic, even. Um, so I I didn't mind her character at all. And then the rest of the characters are really just side characters in this. Um, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Yeah. But. Yeah, don't really uh, hold on to anybody outside of, let's say, John David Washington, Elizabeth Debicki, Robert Pattinson, and uh, Andre, which is Kenneth Branagh, something like that. Oh, yeah, and Priya. So John David Washington, he's trying to, you know, get to the main guy, which is Andre. So he meets uh, Neil, which is Robert Pattinson's character, and then he meets... um, Priya, and then that leads him to Michael Caine. Then Michael Caine leads him to Elizabeth Debicki. 
And that's where we get this whole picture thing. And then um, I guess the husband, Andre, he doesn't like that this random guy just shows up talking to his wife. And I don't know why he felt the need to, you know, kiss her on the cheek like he knew her, you know. Well, I, right I thought that was jumping. just to get on his nerves a little bit, Andre's nerves. And this is where I felt like he was trying to be like that suave person. But to me, it came off a little childish than, <laughs> than smooth. Did he feel kind of childish? He felt, he felt young for some reason. I don't know what, I don't know why. He's shorter than everybody little, else, especially her. <laughs> <laughs> Well, she's, I mean, she's very extremely tall. tall. She's very linky. She's six three, and she wore heels a lot. Um, six five in those heels. And, <laughs> and, and he's only he's only five nine. So <laughs> he actually looked a little taller than that. I don't know. He he did look because he looked a little taller than um, five nine. You're right. Um, but she's still but, towered over everybody. But she's Six three. Is she a model? At, at some point, I'm sure she was. Yeah, she's an Australian maybe. actress. Okay, I thought it was British, but okay. Oh, she was in The Great Gatsby. All right. Oh. Okay, but yeah, he um, so John David Washington, he ends up getting a fight with the guys that um. Andre sends, uh, and he beats all of them up. It's kind of like a James type, a, J- a James Bond type of fight where, mm-hmm. you know, he's got this lavish suit on. He's still whooping everybody's behind, and then bam, he goes on about his business. But then he meets up with Elizabeth again, and this time Andre's involved, and he, he's telling him how he's going to feed his balls to him <laughs> because. You know, he hates his guts. And he also <laughs> so asked him. He, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a I feel like that was like very graphic and detailed. I don't know. It was out of place. It's like, what? This what? <laughs> I mean, I get this movie's rated this and these kind of convers these words would be said and we rated this way. I just did not expect these words to make this sentence. Um so that was felt out of place. A little weird. Well, I mean, childish. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess they wanted him to be kind of like that mob boss that just tortures people, and you know, it was just going to be in a really bad way. But um, John David Washington, he finally meets up with Andre, and I'm trying to think where did the movie go from here because this ah, this is probably <laughs> only maybe an hour in. Well, you gotta, well, you gotta. So the movie tells itself twice. In the movie, so yes. could you see it from two different perspectives? Um, but he sees, and then they go, they go in the boat. He's like, you know, I'm gonna kill you, and then he's like, do you sail? And for some reason, I guess the idea of sailing with him to talk business was more enticing than killing him for potentially cheating on with his wife. So he takes him boating, um, or sailing with his wife, and and they talk business. At this point, um. The protagonist is setting himself up as a arms dealer or a broker or some kind who wants to work for Andre. Um, and they talk in the boat. Wife gets mad, pulls him overboard, tries to kill him. Um, Andre goes, or the protagonist goes back to save him. Um, they get back on the boat. 
Um, I mean, all this is really unnecessary for the actual plot of the film. Um, <laughs> and I would say that's, that's another hard part of this. The first time you're watching this, you're hanging on to every detail because you're like, what is the point here? And then you finally find the point at the very end of the film. And you realize there's a lot of this that wasn't necessarily necessary, right? Like that whole scene, I feel like, was just to say how depressed Kat was and how much she wanted to kill him. And I guess that was to build up for the end in anticipation, but unnecessary scene. Um, yeah, that's why I kind of forgot about it because I was like, wait a minute, what happened next? <laughs> yeah. Like, where did the connection happen where he was working with Andre? Um, but yeah. also, one thing, I just never got into this relationship that uh, the protagonist and Kat, which is Elizabeth Debicki and John uh-huh. David Washington, had. Like, I-, I never felt anything like they had a connection. Like, I- it just didn't work for me. Well, it, they were being, it's completely platonic. I mean, they were just friends, but obviously the protagonist cared about her a lot um, and wanted to protect her, but they didn't really explain why. Obviously, he felt bad for her, but I even feel like in Get Out, they gave me more of why Daniel Kalua felt bad running over that deer and they did as to why the protagonist wants to help Kat in this film. Um, <laughs> there wasn't enough. I mean, like, I mean, yeah, he's a good person, but what's the motivation? Like, I mean, you just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> obviously doesn't want to get with her. That's not the motivation. Um, I might want to get up in them drawers, but I, it's tall. <laughs> it's tall. She to climb. It's tall. She to climb. But listen, he. <laughs> <laughs> that's not even alluded to at any no. point in this film. And you're right. I mean, something the whole time the relationship felt weird. And I think it's because it wasn't clearly defined. Um, and I don't know what they could have done to make it more defined. Maybe if he had like a wife who had died while he was away at war and he felt guilty about the pressures that she must have faced at home, and maybe he can see that in Cat. You know, something, something. They did all this background for little callbacks at the end that really weren't necessary. Like, I'll tell you the callback for that whole scene of her, him throwing, or her throwing him off the boat trying to drown her husband. At the very end, when Andre is talking to the protagonist, he tells him, what makes you think that it wasn't me that released the harness? Right. If I'm if because eventually, you know, being a part of Tenet and knowing the future and whatnot, I knew it was going to happen. So I did it anyway. How do you know? Um, which we don't know if that's true that he really knew. But that was the only reason that scene mattered is because it made us question whether or not he knew that was going to happen. Um, so they, they did waste 10 minutes for a line of five seconds at the end of this film. And they gave us nothing about why this man cares so much about Kat. Well, <clears throat> I know in the beginning of the movie, they kind of harp on him caring about his team and how he sacrificed himself. But that doesn't really explain this whole relationship that he's trying to build to kill, you know, Priya and the other guy that was about to, you know, tie up loose ends because she knows too much. Right. Why Why are you sacrificing that for, I guess, the new group that you just got into? I mean, I know the child is there. Yeah, because... Um, 
Elizabeth Debicki, she has a child and she deeply cares for him. But why are you risking everything for her? He's just a good person. <laughs> she could have died nothing and else. nothing would have changed. I mean, no. His in, I guess, would have been different. And But they could have worked around it. I mean, I yeah, I it's a very interesting relationship that was built on trust alone, I guess. Yeah. Um, and really, we're only like maybe an hour into this movie. I mean, there's so much more. In um, my mind, the scenes are repeated twice. I'm only thinking about once. We didn't talk about one of them. I mean, so we find out all of this. And, well, okay, I guess we skipped over a part because um, it's at the end as well. Where before they get – so we find out he's talking to the wife for the first time, the protagonist. Found out this whole painting backstory. The reason the painting is important is because – she is an art dealer. She's supposed to know what's right. And she guessed wrong. And her husband had to pay for it. And for that $9 million mistake, I believe, he won't let her leave without threatening killing the son, that kind of thing. Um, but that art is held at a very secure location, at, a, at an airplane hangar um, at Freeport, where essentially people can bring in items um, and not have them taxed on entry to the country because they're not in yet. Now, typically most of these are just storage containers, but this particular Freeport is set up more so people can view the items that they have um, locked away that they want to enjoy. Most people use this for art so they can see their art and not pay taxes on it because it's very expensive. But Andre, we find, does not. He uses a inverter. Um, and this is where things are coming and going, um, to and from the future. It's not explained how it got there, how they built it. None of that is explained. I think there's another one that's also not explained. Um, we just find it somehow. Um, and they had this whole fight scene. They use a plane as a distraction running into the building, this whole thing with some James Bond stuff. But you're right. After watching it a second time, and so uh, so they they go through this to to find out what's hiding. They find the inverter, and while they're there, two team two guys come out of the inverter and attack Neil and John uh, David Washington, the protagonist. And they do this, and they fight, they fight, they fight, they get away. Um, and Neil and I had caught this the first time going through, and Tori did as well. That Neil didn't fight that hard at one of the one of the um, people coming in. They're in black suits. Murder. He gets away. So we fast forward in the movie. All of that was was I think it, it was successful because um, they found the inverter right. This information. We go yeah. through ha- we go through about 45 minutes of the film, and we go back in time, and we find that it is it is actually the protagonist through an inverter fighting them so we see it from the other perspective now and the whole fight is in reverse it's very cool looking because anything that is inverted that touches other things inverts them or how they interact with them it very science um and we see it twice just feel it it. and even in talking about it i'm like getting a headache and like because (laughs) <laughs> it's necessary to to explain and see how the inverter works before the big last battle, which also, because of the way they did the cut 
between the two sides. Very confusing to follow. Um, I was done. I was done at that point, especially <laughs> the second time around. <laughs> I was like, I'm so done with this movie. I don't want to watch this again. And it's very hard to tell this movie in chronological order because the movie itself is not in chronological order. Um, anyway, we find out all of this and and we find out that Neil knows all along what is happening because he himself is from the future. Um, now, what is confusing is in order for time travel to work, it is through the inverter. We're inverting things to the past. Neil went to the past. Why was Neil... I, there's two people that come back, one inverted and one not, at different points in time. But Neil, his inverted self, wasn't there. We got two Neils, or I, well, yeah, his inverted self wasn't there. Um, but we got at the end the big fight scene. They have the two teams, one inverted, one not inverted, to fight this battle because and Andre's people are inverted and not inverted. And we're going back and forth between scenes. And Neil trades sides in time to help the protagonist. Essentially, they need to have a bomb not explode. So the way the world is going to end, it's a lot. So the way the world is going to end is there are nine atomic bombs. And they need to go off at the same time to end the world. One of those bombs is connected to Andre's heart rate. Andre has cancer. So he's always checking his health, which is why we thought he had the heart rate monitor. But no, it's because if his heart rate gets too high and he dies, um, it will set off one of the bombs. Now, all the bombs are in place. So if his goes off, the world ends. But the idea is, Tennant's idea is, if we go back in time and disassemble one of those bombs and kill Andre, they will never go off at the same time. So... They manage to do this and they go and attack the base where the bomb is that's going to go off all as a distraction. They're supposed to fail this mission. So the bomb does go off. But the whole point is have it be delayed, I guess, or at a different time than when Andre is killed because he also needs to die. But not at the same time, obviously. So they're yes. going back to let this happen. Now, I'm not even going to talk about them trying to save Kat's life by going back in time because she was shot while being inverted during interrogation. Not even going to try to touch on that. Watch the movie if you care about the details because it's too much and it's too long. Um, <laughs> and I feel like the entire movie narrated itself through Neil and the protagonist backwards because they knew it was too much to let it all just happen. And I'm just going to say it. Plot twist this is all the protagonist's plan. The protagonist is a good friend of Neil who sent him from the future to make this happen. So it's like, okay, mind blown, but I have questions. How do we know in the future this needs to happen if we know it happens and the world ends or is going to end, but you need to prevent it from ending so you do all this stuff, but like how? And I guess the how is you send someone from the future to make it happen. But doesn't that mean the person from the future has already made it happen? Because Neil kept saying everything that happens happened. So what does that mean? And <laughs> what is real? And does time exist? If if he die, if the protagonist dies now, 
does his future self die and this mission never happen? Also, I would like to have met the protagonist in his like old self at the end, maybe in a cutscene. Is that Denzel Washington himself turning around in a chair as his <laughs> son? Like, I don't know. Maybe the imagination is better. Either Let me get way, in here somewhere. <laughs> either way, there was too much, too much, too much. Very hard to follow. I mean, watching it the second time made it more confusing. There's little bits in it where you're like, oh, that's that, because this happens at the end. So I think the way in, I will go back to this. Inception is all about does Leonardo DiCaprio's character ever come out or does he stay in his dream? In this film, I think the question is, did all of this happen or did the world end and we're trying to prevent it from happening but all that's happened happened but how but how can the world end if exactly you're like (laughs) so let's rewind back to neil because i I know you you went on a a long rant right there trying to explain the entire movie but you're right neil's character is very important yes so you asked the question of where's his inverted self how does he know everything um and i don't know uh somehow he's able to just get get in and out of things just without any explanation especially at the end because how did he go back on the helicopter to where the inverters were invert himself in real time not let anyone know and have both his inverted selves change sides so he could change everything he just said he changed mid-course or something he didn't really explain it it was just in those few words He's and like, oh, yeah, I just did that. This. I felt like I was watching Call of Duty play on a split screen. One of them is in real time, players going forward, doing all those things. The other one is in reverse, but those split screens also keep switching sides of the screen. <laughs> so it's very hard to follow what is going in what order. Yes, that's that's very true. I mean, I think Christopher Nolan just tried to make this so complicated and... He's trying to say, like, yeah, this movie's so smart and everything. I want you to watch it multiple times. But it comes a point where you're just doing too much. And he just did way too much. Um, and I feel like just like just like I said in the beginning, the means don't justify the end. Um, there's too much going on here. Um, I don't think the concept is as interesting as he thinks it is. And we're just left with just, OK, we're just supposed to accept it. This is how things are. Um, everything just works out the way it's supposed to. Right, it's instinct. Yeah, just feel it. But, um, I, I mean, we I kind of have been negative for the most part, but I did enjoy some parts. I did enjoy uh, some of the inverted scenes, like whenever uh, we first see uh, the protagonist come out of the inverted machine, and then, you know, he's... I, I mean, at the time, we didn't know he's kind of fighting himself, and then we see it come back around in in the opposite direction where he's right. fighting himself again. Um, I did enjoy that. Uh, a little bit of the, of the car chase scenes, even though I didn't really know what was going on. I'm like, I almost <laughs> felt like this was like a Michael Bay film. Yes, like, the car just... <laughs> scene was Transformers. There's action, there's shooting, there's explosions. Stuff's getting moved around. The all spark is being dropped. I don't know where it is. The algorithm. Uh, <laughs> the, the <laughs> That's algorithm. what they call it in this movie. 
At first, I didn't know what the algorithm was. I'm like, what is that? There's is so that much going on. Like, problem? Does tenant <laughs> really stand for numbers? What is? It? And they don't ever explain what the alg. I, what is well the algorithm I guess is the detonation sequence, because um, they put it all together. It reminded me. This part reminded me of um, of uh, Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, where they have to put together the, the mother boxes. And <laughs> that's not a good comparison. We <laughs> <laughs> gotta put the mother boxes together to to end the world, and that's what they were trying to do. Um, but yeah. but in, in Justice League they just stupidly left it unattended, <laughs> and the villain just comes and pick it up. But um, yeah, there's just too much going on here. Uh, it's hard to put, to put some of this stuff together, and by the time you kind of figure it out, you're just frustrated and you're just done. And I was pretty much done the second time around. I was really just trying to get to the important parts where they were talking about stuff <laughs> just to see if I missed anything or if I could pick up on anything. And yeah. I did pick up and pick up on some more stuff like with um, Neil. They do yes. kind of uh, close in on his bag. They show that little yes. thing and, you know, that's him. Well, he's I mean, you look at it from a different perspective the second time around. You're like, OK, I see he was here, like just like in the beginning where we see the first inversion shot because they're like, oh, that's not one of us. Really, that was that whole scene was kind of confusing. I'm like, who is one of us? Because we see one team that's just coming to invade and they put everybody to sleep. And this is where John David Washington comes in and they like wake the Americans up. And then he puts on like one of those patches, which is probably fake, because one of the guys who thinks he's on his team just takes it off. He's like, oh, who are you? And then he starts mm-hmm. running. I mean, that whole scene is kind of confusing. I'm like, who is on what team? I still don't fully understand what the point of that scene was both times. <laughs> I still don't well, quite get it. Well, they obviously had some type of coded message uh, with the guy who, who was the main person they were, they were trying to get to. Um, but I think that was part of the algorithm, which... At the end of that, oh. the, the end of that mission where John David Washington is about to get uh, his teeth removed, I guess they steal it back or whoever it was, they steal it. I don't know. But I didn't did get that saved? relation. <laughs> how did he get saved to work in to get to Tenet? Um, and where did the algorithm go from there? Because they had to steal it again once he starts starts working with Andre. Right. So, and even in that moment, I guess that he would have had to have already been picked for tenant because the pill he had to swallow was a fake. But it wasn't his pill. It was the other guy's pill. I just. And how does that guy spot a pill like in his jacket? Listen, <laughs> a lot of things in this film that I refuse to think about hard because they only bring more questions. <laughs> I thought uh, that Russian scene was a flashback. To me, this timeline still doesn't make sense. <laughs> still doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, see, he just did too much. This is just I too mean, much. I would have liked, maybe if they gave me a clue by making things that were, and they did at the very end, where um, the blue team, there, even there, the way it was filmed was a little tinted blue, and the red team was tinted a little red, so you could follow along a little better. Um, 
but I needed I needed some more I needed some more hint. Maybe this is just too big for me. Maybe this I just wasn't meant to understand. Um, you know, it was too much. I need to do some research to figure out what's going on. Um, I've done enough. But I I don't like movies even as my homework. I, it was it was it was a lot. Oh, it's too much. I mean, I do like movies that make me think, but this just turns into a mess. I mean, this turns into a Michael Bay mess where I mean, there's definitely a lot more story here, but I I didn't feel that invested into the action scenes because I didn't know what was going on at least almost an hour and a half into the movie. Like <laughs> I'm like, what is the point? Who's important? What what is going on on the screen right now? You don't even know the mission. And they said World War Three. Okay, I'm holding on to that. Okay. He's trying to prevent World War Three. Uh-huh. And then the movie ends. I'm like, where was World War Three? That was it. It was those bombs going <laughs> off. And they stopped the bombs. But I would think World War Three would still end up with a world still being there. Well, I think the at least the way Andre explained it was the world doesn't want to exist anymore. Generations from now, he said their oceans are dry and their lakes are run out, something like that. It's like global warming messed everybody up and they don't even want to anyone to experience how bad it was. So it's this evil group's mission to end the world in the past. But um, Neil's character had a good point because um, the protagonist has some questions and he said, well, if we go back and see our former selves, we change things in the past, what happens to the future? And Neil said, there's no way for us to know in one, con- I guess, one conscious stream what a parallel stream would be. Um, so there's no way. To- that, was, that was the movie's way of saying we don't know what would have happened if someone would have died or things would have changed. Would we still have succeeded? We don't know. Um. For anybody who wants to really watch this, I mean, you're just going to be confused. There's no way that you know everything about this movie, especially not the first time coming out of this movie. Yeah. Um, and this is just way too much. Um, this is one that's going to be studied for a long time. I will say, like Inception, this one is one that's up for debate and what's going on. But I don't even think it's interesting enough to be up for debate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it, I, I know the concept of it, you know, inversion and going backwards in time and all that stuff yeah but we have all this other stuff going on it's just too much i mean inversion is just a small detail in this whole big picture um with inception we have one central focus and we also have some people that have some emotional attachments like uh leonardo dicaprio's character with his Mm -hmm. wife um not being able to tell whether what was real and not real. She thought that they were still dreaming, so she committed suicide. Um, But she still continues to haunt him, and that gets in the way of the mission that they're trying to do when they're trying to steal uh, some information from a guy that looks similar to Robert Pattinson. Um, I forgot his (laughs) name. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, we had a lot of things driving the movie forward, even though I, I think the first time around, it probably can be confusing, but the concept of a dream within a dream and 
living out your dreams and being being able to do whatever you want. That's very interesting. But this is just a confusing mess. Well, I think it's, also, it's confusing, I guess, because unlike a dream within a dream, no one's asking about this. No one's saying, what does inversion do? Because it's not a thing. <laughs> a dream within a dream is something we've all thought about and can identify with. But this whole idea of inversion as a means to time travel, when it's not time travel because it's just inverting things, it's a new concept in itself. So that makes things that much more hard to understand. Yeah, it's really hard to understand, and it's just not interesting enough. Um, it's not interesting enough for me to care. Um, and the way that most of these characters act in this movie, they don't care either. Uh, just all dark and gloomy, and nobody really cares about each other, and they're just kind of just going with it. I mean, just going with the flow. Um, but yeah, this this movie is just all over the place, and I haven't seen every single one of his movies, uh, Christopher Nolan, but I would say this is one of the worst ones that I've seen. Really? I don't think I don't think it's bad, though. I think it's just too much to... It's a lot. But I, don't, I, w- I wouldn't say it's bad. Well, I'm not saying it's bad, but I'm also saying it's not good. Mm. It's not good enough to want to know more about. Um, and I've tried. I mean, I've, I've watched it twice. I've researched stuff. I mean... I'm really doing too much, just like this movie. So I'm just done with it, and I don't think I want to watch this again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want a headache, so I'm not going to watch it again in the near future. Um, I, I, I think also, if you look at a movie like Inception that he did, what do you do with that knowledge? What do you do knowing that you can do a movie like Inception. You make more confusing movies. And they only have to get more confusing. And I think Tenet succeeded in that. Oh, it definitely did. Um, I mean, I don't mind being confused to a certain point, but you have to make you have to make the movie interesting enough. And I don't think it was interesting enough, but the concept of it. And maybe, I mean, maybe if there were other elements at, in addition to this, maybe that would have made it more interesting. Like, I mean, giving the protagonist more of a backstory or, um, I don't know, something something else to hold on to that's more traditional in film. Maybe that could have added to um, the watchability and, um, you know, your feelings about the film. But I don't feel... Is and I you know I said there were some parts that we spent too much time on or that may not have been necessary. I wouldn't cut much from the film. I maybe cut a total of five or six minutes because there's so much happening that you do have to see it all. Um, and the things that are redundant are redundant from a different perspective. So yeah, you get, I mean it makes sense to see it from that angle. Um, Tori said they see it a lot on um, making this film because a lot of it shot twice um, and just played from a different angle. So, I don't know. Maybe uh, the fight scenes are very interesting. I mean, because most of them were halfway inverted. Um, The fighting, if they were not inverted, I don't think was that impressive. Um, No, not really. (laughs) So, but that's hard. I guess Heidi choreographed for going backward that's more impressive than... I don't know. I don't know. Um... 
could I have watched a movie like Black Panther on Rewind and been just as entertained, if not more? Yes. Um, but we got this, and <laughs> it just, it's a lot. It's too much. Just say it. Um, now, I have been pretty negative on this. I want to say some positives. So I I enjoy the practical effects that were put into this movie because uh, Christopher Nolan, he, he doesn't like using CGI, if any at all. Mm. So almost everything was just practical. You got guys yeah. jumping off of buildings, um, the backwards fighting, the plane crashing into uh, the airports. Right. I mean, all that of that was real. Jump scene in the beginning, I didn't. I don't. I still don't see how that worked. The budget for it, I don't get. It. I don't see how that worked. Yeah, they were laying on the ground part of the roof of the building, and then they just jumped off. It's like, did they shoot an arrow up or like a rocket or something? I missed. I watched it twice, and I missed it both times. What the connection was, how they went up. Uh, I don't know how they even get the the other part of the bungee cord to the. That's building. the part. I, I feel like they they shot it up there or something, but I don't Maybe. know. Maybe it's a little detail that really doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, uh, I guess I enjoy the uh, the thought of well the work that it took to do like the inversion scenes, you know, fighting backwards and um, doing all of that. But most times in a movie, there's certain parts that you like to go back to and just watch it just for that. In this movie, I I couldn't find one of those parts because in order to enjoy just one part, you have to go back to another part. So there's just I I just have to go back and forth too much and it's just not worth it Um, because you end up watching the whole movie again and it's two and a half hours. Um, So. Christopher Nolan, he's a great director, but this is not his best work. I I feel like I am going into um to to Snyder territory and I feel like I'm not smart enough. Like I <laughs> there's something that I just did not grasp that I should have. Because I, don't I think feel like it. the movie was I feel like it takes itself so seriously. I feel like I have to, too. I don't know why. Well, I think you said earlier, if you start asking one question, it leads to more questions. And then you get a yeah. headache. Right? So it's not worth it. I don't think the movie is interesting enough to be worth it to question more things. So, um, I mean, I appreciate him trying to come up with a original concept. I mean, we haven't seen oh, anything yeah. like this before. Uh, but it just comes to a point where you're just doing too much, and it, this is just too much. Uh, there's barely any emotional attachment, and you're just doing way too much. Um, there's still scenes that were like, wait a minute, how did this happen? Or how did this happen? Like, the beginning scene, which is pretty good, but... <laughs> I still... It, yeah. I mean, in a lot of the scenes, I get the overall big picture, you know, superficially, but there's a lot of minor details that I still don't get that are that that lead to more questions. Mm. Yeah. 
but we've been at this for a while, so let's go ahead and do it, give it a rating. So um, the lowest rating is trash, middle is background noise, and the highest is a banger. So how would you rate the film Tenet? I would rate Tenet as low at the low banger. Okay. Yep. That's it? I can't explain it. I there were little details that I did like. The concept is very original. The first time you watch it, you are glued to the screen if you want to understand anything. I don't think you can watch this casually. You need to sit down with notepad and paper. You know, write down what you think is important, only to watch half of the film and find out you didn't write down the right things. Um, I would love to see see this in a theater as well. I feel like this would have been a great experience for that. Um, I like puzzles. I like movies that have depth. This has all of that. Um, even though it gives more questions than answers, um, it's it's a heck of a film. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, this is a roller coaster ride, and I'm gonna rate it as a mid-level background noise. Um, okay. Right, right down the middle. Uh, that's just how I feel about it. I mean, I like some parts. And then I don't like other parts because it turns into a chore. This 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 movie it, it turns into a, a chore, especially the second time around. If you can even get there, if you care enough to get there, <laughs> but it's it's just way too much. There's too much going on. This happens because this happens, and now this happens. Um, there's too many steps to get to the end point, especially in the beginning where John David Washington is just trying to figure out who is behind this whole thing. Um, and you're just trying to figure out what's important. And you, like you said before, uh, you figure out that you wrote down the wrong thing because it's not as important as this thing. Right. Um, so it's, it's just way too much going on. And I, I just didn't enjoy my experience the second time around, even though I did enjoy it the first time to a certain degree, because I was like, okay, I'm really going to, uh, Get, de- dive deep into this, <laughs> right? And then you realize it's two and a half hours. And you're like, oh, yeah, like, oh, man. <laughs> Back in school, like, gotta get a, a, a notebook and everything. Even yeah. though I didn't do that, um, I, I rewinded multiple times on little parts. I was just like, okay, I feel like I've missed something, so let me go ahead and rewind. And I still didn't get exactly what it was. Um, I thought subtitles helped a little bit, but not as much as I'd hoped. Well, yeah, and I've seen a lot of reviews where people are talking about the sound mixing, where you can't understand some of the words whenever they have on the mask, because the mask is acquired whenever you're inverted, sometimes, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) But it really is sometimes. It's just whenever the movie feels like it. It's Because Neil, was he wearing a mask at any point in the last scene? Big fight scene? I don't know. No. And then there were other times where there was made a big deal about not being able to breathe for a minute. And then there were other parts that they were just holding their breath and talking. Um, or like, <laughs> it's like, wait, where's this weird mask? And 
there's a lot of those where it's like, oh, is the movie breaking its own rules here? Um, I think they did a couple times. Uh, I definitely rewinding it. Very good idea. I didn't even try that. Um, it was very hard to understand that kind of climax piece in the middle where they're where he invertedly shoots his wife because they're talking across the the window, but they're talking inverted, so they're actually talking backwards. But the sound gets changed so we can understand it, but also the characters can. It's like so. Is there like is God translating in this film? Like how? <laughs> <laughs> How is him speaking inverted, but you know this at the window, you can just hear it right. Like, that doesn't make sense. Mm, no, not really. And also, is that just one big room? Or are those just two different time periods? Uh, both. <laughs> it's two rooms in two time periods that are like 30 minutes apart. And also, when you get in the inverter, it just knows when you want to invert. I didn't see them putting any dates. I didn't see that. I mean, in Back to the Future, I mean, they at least have 88 miles per hour. We just, I mean, there was no, you just get in the thing and it'll know where you need to go. You'll press nothing. You just whoop, yeah. whoop. Yeah. Even John David Washington, whenever he fights himself, you know, the second time around, he just falls back into it. <laughs> like the plane that they blow up earlier in the movie. The the wind from it, it puts him in the inverter and he flows backwards or falls backwards. Yep. <laughs> Didn't make a whole lot of sense. Also, when did the inverter effect start? Because like um, we saw the bullet holes in the glass. And Neil says, what happened here? And he says, it hadn't happened yet. And we find out that's because an inverted version of the protagonist shot the window. But then also when you go back, all of a sudden, uh, the protagonist's arm hurts, and he's bleeding. Like, what's going on? It's because he was stabbed um, by himself earlier in the film. So that stab wound is opened back up. When did it decide to open, and why now? Right? How do you feel this now? It doesn't quite make. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, he should always have that wound. Right. And also, if Neil comes back from the future. Yep. How does he not know that scene is going to happen? Well, I think he pretended not to know because he let the inverted protagonist go. No, but like whenever the you see the gunshots in the glass, the protagonist is the one who says dumb. it. I think he's playing dumb there. Well, then again, when he saw the protagonist inverted, he was still surprised. But he's like, oh, this is supposed to happen. And then, okay, so the last, the very last scene, the guy, Neil said, or the other guy said, this is all a, what they call a pincer move, a inverted pincer. Something like that. I don't even know. It's too much and, happening. And the inverted pincer move was what they were doing in the last battle. Where, where, and also what he explained that Andre, Andre's, uh, Andre's people do, where they send an inverted version and a real version and the inverted version goes to the event and informs the real version what happens so they can, you know, predict the future, right? So what they said at the very end was this entire project was an inverted pincer movement. So we had inversions inside an inversion. 
So what, so now I'm connecting dots right now. So what that tells me is as the protagonist lives his life, there will be a point in the future where he walks into an inverter because he is himself. And he just didn't know that yet because it was all a reverse pincer inversion. Well, I know at the end of the movie he kind of gets emotional, like, "Oh, so you've known me this whole time uh, with uh, Neil." Will you? We're gonna know each other, and you're gonna die. <laughs> but, 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 I can see you again. I mean, it felt like that reminded me of um, X Men: Future Days of Past when Logan walks in to the to essentially an alternate reality where the last stand didn't happen, and he sees Jean Grey, and he sees Professor X, and he says. Welcome back. That's what that reminds me of. It's like someone knows everything happened, but they just couldn't say it to anybody. But they still need to know what happened because they know it because they knew it, but they don't know it yet. So that's what Neil was going through, I guess. Um, yeah. And he also said this was the end for him, but the beginning of the friendship for the protagonist. Right. So does Neil about to die? Does he need to commit suicide? What What does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Did does that mean that the protagonist inverted himself, went back in time, gave Neil a mission, then inverted himself back, and then inverted the work for this? Mi- didn't make sense. <laughs> didn't make sense. If anything, why was it, it? I mean, he said, "So I'll see you again." It's the end for me. Does that mean he goes back to the future? How, what does that mean? How how can he even go back to the future? I don't know. <laughs> How was get there Neil, in the first place? Or was Neil more like Andre, where he was given instructions from the future? He is not from the future. Mm. But, but how would he know it's the beginning for him? Wouldn't because he, he was like, told. Okay, now we're friends. The protagonist told him everything. But still, wouldn't he still that that same Neil? Let's say he was given instructions by the protagonist later on in the future. Yeah. Wouldn't he still have that friendship with him, like he was started right there? He would, because he said we're gonna be best friends. We're gonna have all this time together. But that same one, that same Neil. So, so that means he was from the future. But he also wasn't that much older than the protagonist. So was he like his mentee? I don't know. This is what we're left with. Got to watch again. Oh, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not <laughs> wasting any more time. I, I mean, I watched, I rewatched it last night and I'm just like, I'm done. I, I'm just I'm over this. I, I'm over trying to understand this this movie because it's not that interesting. It's not as interesting as the director wants it to be. So I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done with it. <laughs> This is not Inception. Inception is a million times better. Well, I will say the the biggest difference between this is in, this and Inception is Inception only leaves you with one question: Did he wake up? This leaves you with several questions. Several is an understatement. <laughs> I mean, does Cat's life in a paradox because she knows what happened, but? What happens, happened, happens. 
happening? Just go with the the uh, advice from that scientist. Just go with it. Just go with it. Don't it's best not to think about it. I don't think that makes you enjoy the movie even more. No. But but just go with it. It's a good pass for the film. No, it's you not. Oh, I don't have an answer for that. Just go with it. Right. No, no, this is not a pass. When you put this much complicated stuff in here, you can't just go with it. Yeah. And I mean, there's barely any humor. I can't just go with it. I'm not enjoying myself as much because I don't understand it. Yeah, there wasn't much humor. Not much relief from the storyline because there was a lot they wanted to say. To say Too it. much exposition. Too much. The whole, you could argue the entire film is exposition for a movie we didn't see. <laughs> the protagonist in the future. There's so much. Like, these characters are... I mean, the main characters are all mostly three-dimensional characters. But we don't know much of anything about them. Yeah. You could almost write a whole movie on each one of these main characters. But we don't know it. Hmm. We just happen to find them at one central point in time. Right. So, I I mean, I'm done with this movie. Uh, I mean, I've heard people say, you know, this... This movie is ahead of its time. No, it's not. It's they, they really need time. to stop. What if they release part two 20 years from now? Part two? I mean, I won't care. Because <laughs> this part of the movie was inverted. No, I'm good. That just, that just leads to more questions. Ah. And you got to watch another two and a half hours of the first movie. Right. So I'm done. I am done. See um, the same movie, but this time it's Denzel. <laughs> I don't know if he helps. Um, unless they change the mood of the characters, I don't. I'm not sure if he really helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we've uh, definitely talked about this one a lot. But um, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, yeah. Any final thoughts about Tenet? Watch it. If you're ready to think. But if not, find another movie. Oh, yeah. This is not a popcorn flick or one of those you just sit back and enjoy. This one is like, okay, I got my pencil, pen. Don't worry about popcorn or drink. Nah. No. Nah. You need to popcorn, glue to you're the miss screen. something. It's going to crunch too loud. You're going to miss something. <laughs> yeah. And even with your eyes glued to the screen, you're still going to miss something. Um and what is it all for? In my eyes, it's nothing. But um, <laughs> I guess we'll end it right there. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, make sure to subscribe and check out our other platforms, including YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, which will all be linked in the description. And also click on the message link to send us a message and get featured on the show. And thanks for listening. <laughs>